It's the middle of the week. It's Wednesday, July 19th. I am at Joel Pearl. It's time to get in the weeds as we do here on Fightful Overbooked. With me, as always, Jeremy Lambert. The, what do we call you? Juicy Jeremy Lambert. That's what Yeah, we, you yeah. gotta have, where's your, where's your nickname, Joel? We got Dirty Dom Mysterio, Seth freaking Rollins. They gave somebody else a nickname this past week. I don't remember on Raw, Gunther got like a nickname or something, didn't he? Oh no, he's been. He, they, now they add the ring general as his, uh, like the in in quotation marks. Yeah, they add. Yeah, they add the cry on to all this stuff. I know he's always kind of like been that, but now you got to have a nickname, Joel. I'm Juicy Jeremy Lambert. What's your What's your nickname, Jerkin Joel Pearl? <laughs> Definitely not Janky. Maybe that's how janky? I'm Janky. I'm feeling a little janky these days. Everything's falling apart around me, so that's just how it goes. That's not good. Oh, we don't like that, Joel. It's just what happens. Yeah, you got big. Never forget big. Big. Who was wait? What was big? Well, John Gab- John Gabrick was big. <laughs> True. Okay. But who is who? Who had the nickname Big though? Everyone's big. It's wrestling. Uh, that's not true. AEW's got a big show. You put that in the title. I was like, oh shit, Paul White's wrestling. Let's go. So I did, and I I said it in the uh, description of the video. I can't use the title of the show, and we shouldn't for the first five minutes. Uh, oh, yeah, Big Bronson Reed. That's the other one. Big. Okay, Big Bronson. Bronson. That's the one. All right, yeah, yeah. That was the one that I was thinking of. I couldn't I couldn't yeah. think of it. I was going to say something about Drew McIntyre. I know it wasn't on the show um, this past week, but uh, yeah, the Dastardly Drew. I know he's, he's, a, he's a baby face now. Delightful Drew McIntyre. There we go. I got you. There you That's go. baby face Drew. When he turns, he'll be Dastardly Drew. Yeah, exactly. That's fine with me. And he'll, he'll get one of those mustaches and go, yeah. yeah. <laughs> That'd be <laughs> awesome. <laughs> uh, yeah, so so AEW has, uh, has their big show. We'll talk about it once we hit the past five-minute mark on this video so that we don't get uh, pushed down in the, the rhythm of Al Gore because that's why I didn't put the name of the show. Oh, okay. Because yes, I found that that is – that for some reason, Tony and co. think that that show was a great idea to uh, make as a marketing uh, – make uh, you know, as a marketing ploy. They're marketing to the 18 to 49 demographic, Joel. They're all about that that stuff, that that red and what would you call that other color? Like what what it what it what would gut I can say guts, right? Like they yeah, guts. Okay. What color is guts? Is basically what I'm asking here. Purple? Are they? I don't know. Guts purple? Purple. Shutdown Spurs is Shingo, so I think Shingo is a color now. Oh, Shingo is a color. It's a color. <laughs> <laughs> I just see in the chat. Sure. Right we're talking about colors. I see Shingo. I'm like, yeah, I could, I could show you some disgusting stuff, Joel. I got poison ivy on my my legs and feet. Looks awful. Absolutely awful. You uh, were telling me about that. Yeah. I, I sent <laughs> I sent it, it it was like 3 a.m. his time. Uh my buddy Samer. I just sent him a picture of my foot. I can sell some feet pics, everybody. My my poison ivy feet pics. These will sell very well. Are we gonna get demonetized for this now? I've already let's wait. Let's wait another minute before we really give it to them. Let's get past five. All right, all right. banter for another minute so I can start talking about my poison ivy feet here. All right, well let's let's load up the show real quick. Uh, so yeah, we're we're gonna talk about the AW show tonight. We're gonna preview Dynamite. Uh, we're gonna talk about uh, Dirty Dom and his big old 
North American Championship victory. The inmates are running the asylum at NXT, or at least the former inmates. Uh, we'll talk about that. Of course, we'll talk about Rock Cody and Lesnar 3 is now official for SummerSlam. Uh, and at 11.15 a.m., Brian Bell from Outsports and LGBT in the ring will be joining us. Uh, if the name sounds familiar, they are uh, basically the the person who had the conversation with the promoters of WrestleCon about the Rick Steiner situation. So uh, we're excited to invite Brian onto the show and they're going to talk to us about what went into that whole conversation and just the general LGBTQ community in professional wrestling, because uh, they've gotten uh, so much more representation over the past few years in a much more positive and mainstream way that uh, these conversations are very important, Jeremy. So I'm excited to invite Brian onto the show. Yeah. Um, Reached out to, to Brian yesterday after everything that happened with Rick Steiner and him being allowed back at WrestleCon over the weekend. And then a couple of days later, him not being allowed at WrestleCon. And, and Brian was the person who had the conversation with uh, the Wrestle, WrestleCon owner to kind of explain why this was a bad idea because you know, the WrestleCon owner apparently did not think this was a bad idea at first. Uh, so, so Brian will join us. Uh, They're fantastic. Looking forward to, to talking to them. Yeah, it's going to be real good. So that's at 11.15 Eastern. Uh, it's about an hour and a quarter. If you're watching us live, it's about 10.07 a.m. on your radio dial. No, on your clocks if you're in the Eastern time zone. Uh, we're here for the next couple of hours, as we always are. We're going to talk about wrestling. So uh, we should probably get into it. If you want to show your feet, you can do it now. Yeah, here we go. We're past the five-minute mark. Now all bets are off, everybody. All right, so disgusting case of Poison Ivy. Oh, I don't know no. if you've ever seen this. Uh, have you seen, like, Poison Ivy? Have you seen, like, what happens to people with Poison Ivy? I've had it. I went to summer camp. I've had uh, Poison Ivy. I'm sure I have previously. I don't remember it at all. It's awful. It's, like, the worst-looking stuff in the world. And I got, like, this huge, like, it just, like, bubbled up whatever kids are calling it a jelly bean on my foot with the way that it looks no pause it <laughs> so it's like 3 a.m and my uh for my buddy sammer and um i just send him this disgusting picture of my foot so when he wakes up this will be the first thing he sees because i'm such a great friend and he's just like what in the heck he used different language and what happened and I was like, I got a bad case of poison ivy. And he popped me. He goes, Uma Thurman will pay for this. <laughs> oh, that's awful. I, oh, my goodness. You know what? I don't, I don't even want you to show us until we, uh, we get some super chats. So go ahead and uh, toss us I, I don't know. dollar amounts, okay? Here's the thing. It burst last night. So I can send you the picture. I can put on screen the picture I took and, and showed to Sam. Or I can do that. Well, let's not do that. Let's 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 see if the people want it. If they want it bad enough, they'll give us some money for it. Okay. Oh, look, I'm I'm all for you guys giving us money. Give us money to not show this picture. How about that? Oh no. Because You're gonna start a timer? Yeah. Five yeah. minutes if we don't hit a certain amount. Yeah, see Ryan's like, I'm not paying for this. Like, no. no. Uh. Well, maybe you will. I don't know. But but okay, if you're not going to pay us to not do it, at least toss a thumbs up on the video and subscribe to us here at Bipolar Overbook because we are here dropping content every single day. Uh, people are saying it's not only fans. It could be. It could be. It could be only tubes or tube fans. Only two. Oh, two. Oh, okay. All right. It's only feet, everybody. That's what OF stands for. Only feet. You're going right. to get poison ivy feet. Where? What other wrestling podcast? Is gonna give you pictures. Let's get Snisky back on and let's have him rate my poison ivy feet. That sounds delightful and then not at all delightful. 
<laughs> Who else could do that? Tony Atlas would love that. Oh, Tony Atlas would. You have a great. This. I'm getting. I'm getting. Uh, I yelled. Not actually yelled at. Uh, by the wife. She is. <laughs> she is very scared of what I'm actually doing here. <laughs> well, you're just helping the economy. That's all. Boistering the wrestling economy. Yeah, I got kids. Help helps help pay for all all of this. Uh, you know, life that that they need. That's right. Oh my goodness. Uh, it's okay. Where do we want to start? We can start for Monday or we can start with the big hot topic. No, Dom- we got to start with the dirty, dirty Dom, baby. Wait, hold on. We got to start with this question. Ask Darren McCarty the worst foot pick he's ever seen. Oh, man. Uh, Darren McCarty's probably seen some ugly feet in the world of uh, hockey and everything. They had some disgusting looking feet, I imagine, being in skates. All day and stuff. I remember my feet would look terrible. And glo- the gloves, the gloves mm. smell just awful. It's just a lot of testosterone as well. Yeah, I bet Darren McCarty's seen some ugly feet. Yeah, Vader too, because he never washed his gear. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, uh, yeah, let, let's talk about last night's NXT real quick, uh, specifically that main event. Dominic Mysterio uh, got some people in their feelings, including some people on our own, uh, on our own website. Haters so, is what yes. they are. Thank you. Let's... Let's address our haters. I don't have a Jeremy Lambert addresses his enemies or his haters graphic, uh, but I do have Jeremy Lambert. So clearly we can ask the question, how excited are you for Dominic Mysterio, who loves love, to be the North American champion over at NXT? People are mad at Dominic for some reason or mad at this decision. I don't. Why aren't we rooting for this man? This man has been through so much in his life. At seven years old, or eight, however old he was, he's dragged on television in a public custody battle. Like, that is traumatizing for this child. And he had to he had to go through it in public. A custody battle is traumatizing enough. He had to go through a public custody battle where the person who got the rights to him in a ladder match, they couldn't even settle this in you know, in court, like normal people, it's like, no, let's do a ladder match. It's awful. Absolutely awful. Seven years old, he got dragged through that. Then he probably wanted nothing to do with the wrestling business. But his dad just drags him onto television again because Brock Lesnar's beating that ass. And so Dom feels bad for his dad. He tries to stand up to Brock Lesnar for his dad. Brock Lesnar beats his ass. And then his dad abandons him after all of this. His sister is defying orders and dating some Australian who then she just dropped out of nowhere. Like, you know what I mean? The, the sister's like, oh, I really love this man. I really love it. And then just, ah, never mind. I don't actually. Now that you approve, I'm not a fan of this person anymore. Just like a, a typical teenager, right? Oh, I love him because you don't approve of him. But then the moment you approve of him, no, never mind. I don't actually love this person. Just typical. So he's been through all of that. He, he got abandoned by his father, his deadbeat dad, Rey Mysterio, completely abandoned by him. Seth Rollins is trying to take out his eye. He had to witness, by the way, his father get his eyeball ripped out by Seth Rollins. He had to wrestle Seth Rollins. Seth Rollins beat his ass too. Every time he tries to speak, the, nobody lets him talk. He has things to say. He's an important person. He has things to say to the world and people are like, boo, no, we don't want to hear you, Dominic. This man, this man has, he has a lot on his mind and he needs to get this out and people don't let him talk. That's very frustrating. I would imagine 
Joel, you know how it is. I try not to let you talk on this show. It's you, you're probably very frustrated sometimes, right, Joel? I, I you're very frustrated. Yes, I know you are. So it, it's and he finds love. He finds people who accept him. Finn Balor, Damian Priest accept him. Rhea Ripley loves him, accepts him. He wins a title, and people are mad about this. I don't understand it at all, Joel. Please try to clue me in. Can I go? Am I good? Yeah, yeah, you can talk. Oh, okay. Uh, I, I think people are, are angry because um, he's just so damn good. Yeah. Yeah. He's really good. He had a great... Okay, look, I can all extend this. <laughs> <laughs> okay. The ma- Listen, I'm not going to sit here and tell you that he's the best worker ever. I'm not going to sit here and tell you he is, uh, he is the most incredible wrestler you'll ever see. But they're currently striking on a very hot iron with a very hot product and a very hot team in the Judgment Day. And when it came down, you know, the reaction was exactly what they wanted. They got the perfect reaction from the crowd. They got the perfect reaction from online. The social numbers, I'll let Jeremy speak to that in a second because I'm sure he'll take a quick gander at them. They're, they're good. The, the, our own Fightful account when we, when we posted that Dominic one in real time, we got numbers off of stuff like that. And that means something in this weird world of media and professional wrestling. Uh, the match itself, listen, yeah, it's fine. Clunky at times. Everyone's trying to point to that one spot saying, oh, Wesley could have broken his neck. He oh, he rotated out of a belly-to-back suplex that Dom forgot to finish, and he landed on his stomach, did uh, Wesley. He didn't break his neck. He didn't come close to it. He was fine. That's that, it, it, that's wrestling. You know, how many times have we heard, oh, it's not ballet? Well, also ballet is damn impressive and very hard as well but the point i'm making is it's it's not an easy uh it's not an easy sport or an easy activity or whatever you want to call it to do so for me i'm just kind of watching you know saying like oh yeah he's gonna win and it's gonna and it's gonna upset some people and that's gonna be the the right reaction and they're gonna do exactly that are they gonna take that title away from him no are they gonna make it a triple threat at bat at uh, great american bash probably and someone's going to pin the person who is not the current champion, and we're back to where we started. And is that okay? Yeah, sure, because we popped a rating this week. Easy peasy. Jeremy Lambert, what have you got to say? You're here. It's fine. <laughs> uh, are you getting the social numbers for me then? Yes. So uh, I heard you. I heard you say that they're making it a, a triple threat at Great American Bash. That's very possible. They just do that, and then then he doesn't have to take the pinfall in that match. Look, man, he loses every week on Raw anyway. He just lost on Raw this past week. It's okay if Dom takes the pinfall. No, he, he must be unbeatable in NXT <laughs> and beatable be everywhere else. That'd be great. He should. Like I said partially jokingly, but I think I said it on Monday. Show. I was like, just put the title on Dom. Just do it. Whatever. I understand Wesley's had a great reign. A lot of title defenses. People love Wesley. He's, he's been the fighting champion and things like that. NXT, it, it's still, sometimes they call it developmental. Sometimes they call it main roster. They've blended main roster and NXT more than they have since basically Survivor Series time when they were really trying to boost NXT when AEW came along. Like this is the most blending of main roster and, and NXT they've done in years. So I'm okay if Dom wins this title, takes it to Raw, they're on Raw. They're not on SmackDown. They could probably show up on SmackDown. No one would care. Takes it to Raw, shows it off a little bit. Maybe you get some more eyes on NXT. Like, it's it's fine. 
don't worry about it, everybody. It's okay. Um, as far as the, the social numbers go. Here's like, this is, so you mentioned the, the social stuff. So a lot of these backstage, uh, a lot of these backstage interviews and stuff that they do, they do like 30,000 views or so. Keanu James isn't afraid to do whatever it takes to win. 10K. A Thea Hale backstage exclusive. 13K. Blair Davenport, Roxanne Perez. 31K. Basically, every NXT video is under like 50K. Every single... Baron Corbin has 60. Okay? Everything else from NXT shows is under 50k on views. Wesley Dominic Mysterio the match match highlights 177. Dirty Dominic is ready to run NXT backstage first comments exclusive 200k. Just his backstage comments is at 200. That's more than some of these raw videos by the way. Like the, the Becky video from Raw Talk is at 49. Bronson Reed, just a backstage thing, 38. Alpha Academy Viking Raiders highlights, 130. Chelsea Green, Sonya Deville. Everybody loves Chelsea and Sonya, right? Their little first interview, 73. 73K. Dominic's at 200 off of this backstage video. He's topping some of these Raw numbers. Like, Dominic, like, say, say what you will about him the performer i think as a as a character he's, he's very good at the character work of aspect the in-ring stuff i i try not to knock too much as far as in-ring this person's terrible this person's great things like that like he still kind of sometimes wrestles like he he just he's overthinking things sometimes and, and that's i think that's noticeable for a lot of people he's gotten a little bit better but he still looks like sometimes he's just overthinking and the positioning isn't always where it needs to be. And if you can kind of overlook that, then you can have fun with this. If you can't overlook that and you're like, I only want the greatest wrestlers of all time in my wrestling ring, then I understand why you're upset at this. I get it. I truly do. But as far as like the character work and the way Judgment Day and him just like boost some of this metrics that they are that are very important to this company you can say like oh who cares about these youtube numbers who cares about these twitter numbers the company cares about this stuff and so they're gonna look at this and they're gonna be like all right let's let's go let's run with this guy in this position and that's what they're doing i'm looking at twitter alone the the graphic with the and new has 1.8 million views the speechless which is the the last about 30 seconds, the finish of the match with the, the celebration afterwards, 1.2 million. The the video shoot with him in the title where he's just he's getting photos and he's doing all the stupid poses and he looks like a dork. It's great. 936,000 views and rising. The kids, the kids got something. The the group has something. How many times did you know before the show existed were people talking about how judgment day with Edge wasn't really clicking? And then Edge was gone. And it didn't click immediately, but, you know, slowly and slowly, they started realizing, like, oh, they, they were this, like, weird comedy act almost that just looked like dorks and kept losing. And then something happened. 
There Dominic was- Mysterio happened, baby. Dominic Mysterio happened. Send him to jail and he comes back and he's with them. That's how it works. So this is a really, really fun situation that they're in right now. I know some people are, are hating it and that's fine. Uh, I see a comment in the chat says, don't you love wrestling because Dominic Mysterio makes you hate wrestling? That's the best part. I want him to have that heat. So I like what they did last night. Am I expecting banger matches, which is the North American title standard? Nah, I'm not going to get that. But you know where I'm going to get that right now? I'm going to get that with the NXT championship because Mello is, you know, pardon the pun. He is money. He is the guy who who provides and who who does those types of matches. And you know who else is going to do that? Ilya Dragunov. And they're going to have a great match, a great American match. I'm not worried about that. Let the North American title just be a storyline title for now. For, for this PLE, for this Great American Bash, the, the world title, the NXT title is just like a, a match between two really competitive dudes. And then you've got the, the, the other match, the, the North American title match is just going to be a, a good match, but a storytelling match. And that's okay with me. I'd rather that. Do we think this reign's even going to last long? Like you kind of mentioned it of maybe they do a triple threat and then he loses in that maybe Ali pins Wesley. Wesley gets the title back by, by pinning Ali. Maybe Dom takes a fall. Like, here it goes. Like, it, it can it can be uh, Dominic can take the fall on that, right? Like, it's okay. I would be surprised if Dominic still had the North American Championship come SummerSlam. And SummerSlam is about a week after the, uh, the NXT PLE. So that's basically where I'm sitting on that. If he walks out with it uh, at the PLE, if he walks out with that North American title, then so Stephen Larson have actually been talking about this a lot on, on their going in raw show. The, uh, the golden prophecy that uh, the undisputed era at the time we're talking about where every one of them had gold. That's essentially what judgment day is trying to do. And they are one step closer to filling it by having those guys uh, win the North American championship by having Dom win the championship. You've got, you know, senior money in the bank ready to cash in at any moment. Finn Balor could win that world title, you know, at SummerSlam with the same the same stuff that happened last night on NXT, have Finn win the title and then have uh, Damian Priest, you know, jump him and win the world title from Finn and then jump Finn out. Clearly, the, the, the JD McDonough thing is seemingly off the table. So we have that going for us, too. What if Priest cashes in on Dom? <laughs> For the NXT North American Championship, yeah, let's yeah. go. As long as he gets to be in the hot tub again, we'll do it. With Triple H doing the point in the hot tub, Triple H being like, hey, get in the hot tub with me. Like, no, I can't. Those days are over. It's fine. Steph wouldn't be very happy with me. No, no, no. Come on. Come and party with me. No, no. It's fine. Go, we'll, we'll, we'll go find someone else. So there's a bro somewhere. He'll help you. I, I don't care about ratings at all. I, I don't. I don't care about that stuff, but what I hope happens, I hope this pops a huge rating for, for the Dominic Mysterio North American title win. I hope this just does. I hope it beats the Seth show and like we, Dom fans, all two of us, me and you can be like, look at, look at dirty Dom. Look at the ratings draw Dominic, Dominic Mysterio. That's what we need. This is I what I fight Sean Ross Sap. Do you? I would like to see that. Uh, I would. You know what I really want to see? 
I would love to see just the, uh, I know I just talked about not having the title through SummerSlam, but there is a perverse part of me that wants Dominic Mysterio to have a very long North American championship reign so that week after week, Kate and Alex have to talk about Dominic Mysterio twice a week on their post shows. Let's go with that. <laughs> oh my goodness. Yeah. I think, I think the, the best way we can go with Dom is, uh, is to have him, have a, a long championship reign. And Kai saying this is Vince level, Vince Russo level booking and I love and hate it. I get it. I do. Oh my goodness. All right. Jeremy, what what point would you like to make? Okay. Demo, demo dirty Dom or Demo Dom <laughs> is a great, a great nickname, by the way. Demo Dom. Are you kidding me? That's fantastic. Good job, Will. I, I respect, it. I respect that. It's good stuff. Yeah, I like let's that. Get, let's get the super chat out of the way. Great guest today, Jeremy. Please send feet. You guys send more than that, Dan, to get them feet picks. Yeah. Oh my goodness. Yeah. By the way, I guess they, Brian Bell, uh, they're going to be joining us uh, in a little under an hour here on the show. We're going to talk about WrestleCon. We're going to talk about LGBTQ talent in wrestling uh, and a, a whole bunch more. They're also a tech editor, so like we'll probably talk about like the gaming side of things potentially if if they're into that. Joel. Joel. Let's let's continue to talk about Demo Dom here. That's the new nickname. WWE yeah. just tweeted GIF reactions with the picture of, of Demo Dom winning the, the title. The the and new graphic that they have up. This thing's already at like over they just tweeted at 1023. This thing's already at like six hundred likes and a bunch of comments. It's at whatever thirteen point four K views. I don't know how much these view stuff matters. Demo Dom, baby, 196 replies on the GIF reactions. People, I hope that the the best GIF they could have is Dom beating that ass of Rey Mysterio for being a deadbeat. That's the best reaction they could have is right there. It should be him playing uh, 2K with his son and beating him. It should be that tweet just over and over again. Can't wait yeah. to beat my son in 2K. Yeah. Or or Ray, you know, whipping him with the belt at, at WrestleMania. Yep. Just yep. people just so mad at this. They, they have Ray whipping him with the belt. That's actually a good gift reaction to that. What if Ray comes out at SummerSlam? Dom still has that North American championship and says, son, I am going to be North American champion. And then it's it's Dom versus Ray at, uh, at the next PLE in the fall. Can I'm we fine. do it? Yeah. yeah. They should run back Dom and Ray. That was one of the best stories going into WrestleMania. It was honestly the second best story going into WrestleMania. Buddy, if this doesn't culminate with mask versus hair, what are we doing? <laughs> like, look at that hair that he's got. Dominic is growing his hair for a hair match. And you know where they should be doing it? If they do, and this is probably what they would love, the Mysterio family. If they do a big event in either San Diego or in Mexico, Mexico would make sense just because they do a mask versus hair match. You know, that that is kind of a, a staple down there. Uh, but if you could do a mask versus hair match for those two guys as a big blow off, maybe it's the end for, Do- for, uh, for Rey Mysterio. That would be the perfect ending to that story, in my opinion. I like it. I it, it could. I mean, I think Dom would be losing his hair. I don't think Ray's like ever going to give up the mask. If you really, really want to get some like heat on Dominic Mysterio, because God knows he doesn't have enough right now, you have Dom win that, and then they, you know, he's like, "Oh, I finally beat my father," 
and things like that. And then like Ray takes off the mask, hands it over to Dom and Dom just rips it up. You get that kind of level heat in Mexico on top of that. He might get jumped by photographers. If they do that. Thank you for bringing that back around. (laughs) (laughs) I would just, I'd love to see it. I I, I said it after WrestleMania, after the match, I'm like, they're going to run this back and it will be hair versus mask. And Dominic is very clearly growing his hair out. By the way, shout out to him doing it in like the 96 Eddie Guerrero style because that's what it is true father his true father was it you or somebody i'm trying to find it on the website someone once asked dom what game he was playing on that psp or the psp vita whatever he had at the time we wrote an article about it do you remember did you write that article i don't think so no okay i'm trying to find it on the website but it's very hard to search for like dominic mysterio psp or just regular just psp or ps vita it's it's very strange I'll, I'll, i'll let you look it up yeah i'll try to search for it uh, but but otherwise, NXT last night was uh, was a fun show. It wasn't perfect by any other means, but it was certainly full of wrestling and full of people trying to act. Uh, and speaking of people trying to act, can we go back to Monday and talk about Ronda Rousey for a sec? Uh, <laughs> what? What are we talking about when it comes to Ronda Rousey? I want to talk about how she had to speak three point five speeches to Gonzalez. That was normal to me because I listened to that's how I listened to all these interviews and stuff. So I was like, ah, she's just I get normal it. sounding to me. I get it, and that's how I felt because of people I've talked to this before. I I listen to my podcast at like two point two five, two point five speed. That's yeah. how people talk in my world, but usually not how people talk on Raw when they're trying to give a promo. Uh, this was not great. She was given a lot of words, and I don't think she was quite ready for that many words without prompting. What did you think of this promo? And now we've got, I, I guess they kind of flip-flopped it, where Ronda's going to be the, the heel and Shayna's not. So what do you think? We're doing the match at SummerSlam, by all accounts. Is it a regular match? Are we going to do a fight pit? Or is, it, is there more to this, even though we're talking about Ronda maybe being done after SummerSlam? What do you, what do you think about all this? I think it's hilarious that... They tr- they keep trying to like babyface Ronda in this, and it just never works. And I actually don't think in Shayna's like initial promo where she was like, "You ruined wrestling for me." Like, I don't know if they were trying to heal Shayna on that, or they act- they kind of knew like, "Look, this is gonna get this is gonna make Shayna a babyface, and we're just gonna." kind of go out there and have her say everything that most fans kind of say about Ronda Rousey of like, you've, you've ruined all this. And then Ronda kind of be the cocky heel of, Hey, I've done this, this, and this, you haven't done anything without me type of thing. I think they knew this is how it was going to kind of play out. And they really leaned into it more on Monday, which is a smart decision. Nobody's nobody's cheered for Ronda Rousey. They're, they're just not, they can't baby face Ronda Rousey at this point, as far as her pro like, the promos they've never been great right like it, it just hasn't she's not been a natural at that aspect of things she's had some hits like she's had a couple of promos I, I one that stands out to me was when she put the money on the table and she's like find me and all this stuff like here you go here's my hundred thousand i'll pay that right now that was actually she got a baby face reaction for that like people actually liked that version of ronda rousey but for the most part her promos just, they've never been that great. Uh, her ring work had, was very good during her first run. During this run, she's been fine. I can't think of any like matches that have really stood out. She also hasn't had much longer matches. The matches with Charlotte were fine. Uh, WrestleMania and the Backlash. like I, I like the Backlash match probably more than 
a lot of people the uh the i quit match i thought that was good um but yeah the the second run just it hadn't hit that well this promo was <sighs> she she was given her dialogue and to ensure she remembered every line of her dialogue she speed ran that stuff maybe she should have written it on her wrist greats have done that before uh so it would have been no shame in doing that but yeah, it it was what it was and hopefully they do the match at SummerSlam. Shayna wins and they actually they they really start to like level up Shayna because I think she has and we know Triple H likes her, right? Triple H gave her the big run in NXT um before Rhea dethroned her. So we know Triple H is a fan of Shayna. And I think you can really do something with her coming off a, a victory over Ronda Rousey, assuming she she beats Ronda. What if she becomes a vampire again? That was funny when she just <laughs> bit people. That was hilarious. I love it. But uh, yeah, the promo was promo was not great. But of course, this is a week to week thing for Ronda. I don't know what we do from here. I don't know where this match goes in terms of is there a stipulation? Is there not? Are there going to be too many stipulations if we start, you know, inviting this as a stipulation match? Like what what happens next? Because Cody and Brock got announced as well. Uh, Cody came out at the top of the show. Steven Jensen lost his uh, his mind. He was very excited to be there. Poor Jensen Jensen then got to watch Brock Lesnar beat down Cody Rhodes in front of his friends, family, and compatriots. I think my favorite part of that whole thing was the stupid SpongeBob walk he did again. Cody going to the back to go meet Brock Lesnar does the and then you hear the chair shot. And at that point, I was like, oh, this is good. I like this. I have expected Cody to somehow like throw Brock out as if Cody had a plan. But no, it was very much Brock beat down Cody because adversity, and then he beat down uh, Cody to the point where he ex- uh, where, where where Brock accepted the match. No stipulation made yet. yet. Yeah, is are we in the, the ballpark of yet, or do you think they just do a straight up one on one for their last match? I think we I think we get a stipulation on this. They still got a couple weeks. They got, they got a few weeks to to add to it. They they keep doing these these beat downs and stuff i assume they're gonna have another beat down segment it's hilarious by the way that cody in his hometown atlanta big homecoming for him he's got his documentary that premieres the next day technically last night and he just gets beat up by brock like just fantastic booking of like yeah hometown we're just gonna get you <laughs> just gonna get your ass beat in your hometown that's what we're gonna do here that was um, his, you just know that was Cody's call too. Oh yeah, he's Cody, Cody was absolutely yeah. He was like, I'm gonna give a fiery promo. I'm gonna talk about hard times in front of my mom, and then beat me up. It's fine. I'll get I'll get sympathy. I, I think we're gonna we're gonna get some type of, of stipulation because Cody's gonna come out. He's gonna be Cody Rose. Be be fired up of things and like we gotta settle this. We gotta end this finally. I'm tired of doing this. You know, I mentioned before you you attack me for no reason like. You keep beating me up. I, I guess he he has a reason now. Cody keeps calling him out. Like if you don't want to get beat up, don't call the guy out. He's like, you know, we there's only one way to settle this type of thing. And then they announce whatever stipulation they're they're going to announce for this. I need Brock to bring back the tractor at SummerSlam. You know what? You know what? They're they're in Detroit, right? Cars and stuff. I need Brock to just smash a friggin'. I said demolition derby. Like he needs to smash a car 
and he needs to take like like freaking Street Fighter in the bonus round, where you just he has Cody Rhodes like on the car, he's just beating the hell out of Cody in the car at the same time. He's ripping the car door off and smashing Cody with that. Cody take back uh car door shots to the head for the boys. All right, Cody, that's what we need you to do. Take back car door shots. Literally the boys, not not men, but for the boys. So let's let's think back. At WrestleMania 23, I was there live at Ford Field and uh John Cena got the uh the Mustang entrance, right? Who, who gets the who gets the big Mustang or big Ford car entrance this year? LA Knights, yeah? Or or because I I have a feeling that maybe Knight's going to be on the SmackDown the night before uh, for the U.S. Championship. Who else could get that big car entrance? Get a purple Camaro for uh, well, that's a Chevy, but if we get a purple car for the Judgment Day. Judgment, yeah, I was going to say Judgment Day. You could do something like that. Um, trying to think of like what other matches are potentially being set up or are. I could see Seth. Seth might have some wacky gimmicked car that he he's coming out in. He's like standing and leading the song as he's getting driven down to the ring type of thing. I could see that for Seth. And the horn plays La Cucaracha. <laughs> That's a Simpsons reference for those who know. Uh, I don't know who, who could who would make sense. Sammy and KO coming down on it, but yeah. KO being like, I don't want to be here. And Sammy being, I also think that Sammy and KO are going to be on the SmackDown doing the tag title match there. Uh, I don't know who fits. I don't know where it makes sense, but like someone's got to do it. They have to do the Ford tie-in. It's just, they've already started with all the promos. They have people behind cars, like wrestlers behind car or in front of the cars with the high beams on. It makes sense to have somebody do it. Bianca? Yeah. I think Judgment Day, Judgment Day kind of makes the most sense. Charlotte might end up just doing the, these entrances. They, they love giving these big entrances to Charlotte. She's in the back of a Ford Bronco being chased through the streets of Detroit. And then here she what? comes. What? What? It's a Ford Bronco. It's a blue Ford Bronco. I say, what color is <laughs> it's it? Blue. What are you talking? Oh. What? Are, what are you making allusions to, Jeremy Lambert? What are you talking about? Are you serious? Do you not? <laughs> I'm well aware. Of, I'm well aware of 1995. <laughs> is that when it was? Jeez. 95, 96. Oh. It was June. WrestleMania oh. 12, baby. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We're old, man. We that's are unfortunate. <laughs> But I don't know who else would make sense. Yeah, Seth in a very tricked out ice cream truck. Oh, it's gotta be a fuck the ice cream truck. I'll go fight Seth myself if he comes out in an ice cream truck. All right, I ain't gonna be at SummerSlam. I'll go to SummerSlam if Seth Rollins is the ice cream man. I'll go fight him myself. Seth in like an ice cream garb would be hilarious to see. Though, so, be fantastic. He would do it too. It oh, is the height of summer. What a great man Seth Rollins is. Brock in like a Ford backhoe. Like that's the whole thing. It's got to be Ford branded because they're in Ford Field. Cody's not going to do it because it's unless it's the the Cody Express happens to be a Ford and not a Prevost. Oh. I'm pretty sure it's a Prevost bus. So there's that. I don't know. I don't know. There, there's got to be someone. Leave it. Leave it in the comments. Who do you think shows up in a in a car of some sorts? I think Charlotte's a good shout. She shows up in a Ford helicopter. Ford helicopter. <laughs> Somehow they'll find a way. Uh, and then what else is there? Oh, new new women's tag champions. Th- this Raw wasn't like super duper busy. Like there wasn't a lot going on. Yeah, Gunter beat Matt Riddle and then say he's the best and I challenged Drew McIntyre. Cool. Looking forward to that. 
But uh, new women's tag championships. Can we pack up the women's tag titles already, Jeremy, or what? No, this is the best decision they could have made. We love Chelsea and Sonya. We, we love them. They just had Liv and Raquel win those stupid tag titles. My my favorite thing in the world. My favorite. Trish is a good shout. Trish, I mean, yeah. Trish she's on a Canadian car, and also she's like, like, what? What are we doing here? Is it like a Ford limo? Can you do like a like? Remember Batista had that sweet WrestleMania entrance. He tripped coming out of the car, but he came out in the car, uh, like the the, the getting driven in. Yeah, it's a bunch of a uh, bunch of caddy escalades. Yeah, drop. yeah, that was. Oh, a good he's idea. a big movie star. That, that right. makes sense. You can Trish can kind of pull off the same thing of just like, thank you, Trish. Like, this is the kind of service that I deserve for this big match. She can does, pull that off. Does Ford have a luxury? I mean, Lincoln is technically a Ford brand. Matt McConaughey is is driving it. <laughs> all right, all right, all right. Yeah, you know, back in back in my day when the wheats used to tumble around as I would drive through. And I would see my old town shelter and I would stop in and I would say, this is America, Lincoln, America. And then it plays the Cucaracha on the horn, right? <laughs> that was a real commercial, everybody. That was a real commercial. That it. Go look at these McConaughey commercials. All right. Um, Women's tag titles. <laughs> yeah. We love Chelsea and yeah. Sonya. We do. This is great. Okay, but my favorite thing is like after every time they do a women's tag team titles, one of these uh, scoopster accounts is like WWE is hoping that this team brings stability to the titles. They do this literally every single time they change the titles. They did this for Ronda and Shayna. It's like, oh, this is going to bring stability to the titles. And then it's like, oh, Liv and Raquel. Oh, the WWE is hoping this is now stabilizing the division. And now we're doing it again. Which I'll, this, this division ain't going to be stable. They're going to do what they want with it. They're going to hop potato the titles constantly. They're going to keep throwing together tag teams constantly because they actually don't have an idea what they're doing with these titles. They have no idea what they're doing with these belts. They're just going to be like, all right, sure, tag team, here we go. Like that. That's all they're going to do with these belts. Um, and then they're they're going to move on. Like they're, they're, Chelsea and Sonya are going to have them for however long they're going to have them. And at some point, they're going to throw together a new tag team that beats them. I hope Chelsea and Sonya hold them for a good little bit because they'd be the segments are going to be great. And then, you know, they'll find maybe they'll actually establish a tag team that can beat them. And then they go from there. But Chelsea and Sonya, they're going to do fun skits. They're going to defend them. They're going to find ways to win these matches. And eventually they're going to put together Dana Brooke and Emma to beat them. I was more under the impression it would be uh, uh, Candice LeRae and Indy beating that that's that's possible once once uh, everyone's healed up and feeling better they just don't they just don't care about that uh that tag titles and it's funny because it was Rhonda talking to the new york post when her and Shayna won those tag titles where she said we're gonna make this division stronger and better and i was like okay this is an opportunity and they ran the story on the post and everything and hey listen feel how you feel about the new york post it's still a mainstream quote-unquote news outlet and i'm talking mainstream in comparison to like pro wrestling reporting where like we are a niche we are not the we're not the post for for all intents and purposes in some ways thank god for that but anyway the point being here is that you know she gave an interview in kayfabe saying that she was going to make that division stronger and better and put more eyes on it and then they changed the tag titles like two weeks later after they had just won four weeks they didn't even give them a month 
and it was just like baffling to us who are talking about this week to week that like if the story was from the get-go that ronda rousey wanted to do some women's tag matches why why with the the known intention of going away by the end of summer why did we do this whole thing what did this really what, what did this accomplish and like money mark in the chat is saying where are the spooky witches where are isla dawn and alba fire they had that the, the unification match but again i go back to like why do we do a unification match where the two people who won drop the titles two weeks later it just makes everyone look dumb in my opinion i'm not I had, I had Rick Cicino, who does the, the Collision Post show on Fightful, talking about how um, they're not going to, getting rid of the tag titles isn't going to make the women's division magically better. And I said, well, it's not even about just booking it better. It's just about you've got two titles that are so undervalued and never valued at all that you could get rid of it and just make more meaningful storylines that aren't about titles. And then what will you have? Better stories. You just don't have that with the tag titles. Titles can be a crutch sometimes, and that's what the women's tag titles have become. They are a crutch for four women to have a match, and they just want the tag titles, but they don't mean anything in the grand scheme of like the WWE world. I'm with you on, on the titles becoming becoming a crutch, especially these titles. To to Rick's point of like, oh, if you get rid of them, then what happens? I do think there's a very real chance that if you get rid of them they a lot of these women are kind of out of sight out of mind because they are doing stories with with women that don't have to do with it becky and trish Shayna and ronda have nothing to do with the titles i'd actually like to just see the titles become just a more brand exclusive type of thing i don't i don't like the i don't like the idea of like floating champions especially when every other title is a brand exclusive deal um I, the way and this is just how how i operate on things of like the way i like to set it up is like okay you have your women's tag team titles let's say it's on smackdown and then you have a, a title let's say like a cruiserweight title that's just on raw like all right hey cool you want women's tag teams you go to smackdown you want your cruiserweights you go to raw a lot of other stuff obviously gets blended and everything you got your world champions on both shows your tag your women's like all of that stuff but i like the brand exclusivity on when it comes to, to some of these titles and they're never going to do this, but I do think it would help instead of always floating, floating them between brands. Cause they don't have any idea what to do with that. And that's when you get all these makeshift tag teams of like, well, we got to put you on SmackDown tonight because you're the women's tag team champions. Wait, we don't actually have any teams on SmackDown. Who can we where find the talent tells on raw, but find Natalia, find a partner. Natty, just just come on. We got to find a partner for you. They just throw together these teams and stuff. And if you have exclusivity with these titles, you can actually you can maybe establish a little bit more on that. So, does Liv turn on Raquel, or does Raquel turn on Liv in traditional <laughs> women's tag team champions who suddenly are not friends after they lose the titles? <laughs> I think this is one where they, where they don't do a turn necessarily, but man, it's just, it's never been well done. The stories like, like at the beginning, it was fine. Cause it was a big, it was a big moment. It was one of those, you know, first time ever. And that's what WWE loves to do, especially when Vince was, was a hundred percent in command. Uh, now it's like, well, we're there. What do we do? And putting everyone on 
one brand sounds like a good idea until you realize that something has to happen when the titles aren't around. And then you're kind of like loading the show with all of these women who are not going to get any, because they're just not paying attention to the tag title story. They just get kind of stuck in the background. And then once in a while they might put them out there, but they probably won't. So like it kind of becomes this weird, this weird like sinking feeling. I know I made an upward motion, but I meant a downward motion. It's a sinking feeling that they're just, you put them all on one brand and the brand is just not, nothing's going to happen with the division unless the women's tag titles are physically there, the people holding it. Uh, and that, that just kind of sucks unless you do a tournament, but you're not going to do a tournament every single time you want to have a match. Tournaments. I mean, tournaments are, tournaments are fine. This blind eliminator tournament for the tag titles in AEW or another story. We'll talk about that later when we preview dynamite. Uh, by the way, the show is, is called blood and guts. Uh, I can say that now because it's ah, been yes, <laughs> I couldn't say it in the first and I couldn't say it in the description or in the title, but that is the name of the show. I'm that's breaking news, by the way, that's tonight uh, in Boston, but I feel, Oh, speaking of which Andrew Zarian is here. So clearly that means uh, I said his name and he appears. Andrew Zarian. Oh, I thought he was backstage. It's like, where do you have access to something that, that I don't, I do not see him. No, he just popped up in the chat yeah. uh, as we were talking about blood and guts. So yeah, the, the, with the women's tag division, it just feels like we are stuck with it and they have no plans to ever make it better. Could they? Absolutely. They booked the show, which is by the way, something I hate people saying on any post show ever, but uh, <laughs> just kind of where my brain is. They, they wow. Shots fired at Sean Ross Sapp. It's not just Sean. And, and I hear it from so many other people, but I've heard Sean say it the loudest. I get it. Uh, but yeah, I don't like the, they book the show mentality because I don't think that people who are reviewing shows should be using that particular line of reasoning in a show where it's like, this doesn't work. This could be better, but then saying they book the show and just kind of laying it, it kind of flattens your point in, in a way that I don't think is, is great. That's just, and again, that's just my opinion on it, but uh, take, take all of that and say it with it as you will. People are commenting on a uh, live and possible shoulder injury. There was a, a photo floating around of her arm in a sling. Uh, people were saying it was from after Raw. I don't know if that was... There's been no confirmation on a live injury. I will say that. And then people were trying to find video of what happened in the match and her shoulder being hurt. You got to remember, like if it happened in the match, they still sent her back out there to do the spot with Rhea going over the barricade. I would like to believe that if they knew her shoulder was messed up from the match they would not send her back out there to do that spot with Rhea because that probably didn't help. Maybe they didn't know her shoulder was messed up. Maybe it happened in that spot with Rhea. But people are really trying to make sense of all this based on a photo that's not even fully confirmed that it was taken after Raw. I mean, she literally just is coming back from a shoulder injury, and it's very possible that photo is from you know months ago. And, and we just we haven't seen it. Liv has not commented. There's been no official diagnosis. And again, unless, you know, Liv is going to comment, like it, there's not going to be a diagnosis or unless WWE comments as well. But yeah, no, there's been no like substantiated, a legit report from, from somebody like a Sean. Uh, I think Mike Johnson does a good job at reporting the, this stuff as well. No, none of them have reported this. So I wouldn't get too caught up until something like that comes out. 
Yeah, exactly. And I saw, I've seen the the photo and people talk talking and yeah, it's very possible that she's also doing the Cody Rhodes thing where, you know, wearing the brace in kayfabe like Cody did at his uh, premiere last night, which by the way, just pops me every time. He's hurt, Joel. He's He's got to overcome. Edward. why, why does this man get a documentary? The story's not finished. This is what I've been told. Well, that's what it was. Well, same thing with Dark Side of the Ring. The story's not always totally finished. It's he's going to get a part two. Cody Rhodes gets two documentaries. You, yes, absolutely. Him and Dominic Mysterio deserve multiple parts in a documentary. Dominic, yes. I don't need Cody Rhodes getting multiple documentaries. No, I. Cody doesn't need this documentary. Hold on. Let's go back. JR has a book, right? His first book was him all the way up to like, was it 99? And then he was going to, did he do a second? Did he drop the second book? Or did yeah, I'm pretty sure he did. Jericho's got like five. That's to Jericho's got like five. Yeah. So why not Cody having two documentaries? If Jericho can have five books, which by the way, I don't even know what he covers in like books. Two well, one of them, one of them is like his list of matches. Oh yeah. Yeah. I don't count that one, but, but of the four books, you know, I, I'm sure he's working on a sixth or, or a fifth in the career series. Yeah, probably. Uh, but, but again, if, if Jericho can have that many books, I'm pretty sure Cody can come up with that with, with the other books. Uh, well, okay. But the documentary, how Cody's documentary is going to come out like five years from now. You can cover the last, like this documentary is going to cover a lot of ground. If you're starting from the beginning all the way up until the chicken getting thrown out of that should be the last shot of this documentary. I hope it is. I By hope the it's way, the chicken just being thrown at him at WrestleMania. And like and then and then Triple H, the last line as the the narration as the chicken comes in and hits Cody and he's laying there all sad. It's just Triple H going, the story never finishes. And then that's the end of the documentary. Could you imagine? they do they do cody i mean they can't do cody versus triple h but they do Cowards. i know right let's say they did cody versus triple h you think you think triple h would would break something that's cody related but he'd do it with like a giant rubber chicken <laughs> i don't know if a rubber chicken's gonna like break it right i mean if you load it with stuff i'm sure you could figure it out a loaded rubber chicken you know put like quarters in it and then just like what are you breaking of cody like a cigar box or something? <laughs> a bus? Oh, man. It'd be like Austin. Okay, okay, okay. Remember the when DX Austin... Yeah, go. yeah. Drop the, drop the big piece of whatever it was, concrete, onto the DX Express. What if it is a concrete chicken and he just drops that down on the Cody, the Cody bus? What is wrong with us? <laughs> More like what is right with us. What is this? The second part of the documentary is, is Cody until he becomes uh, the president. Oh man. Would you vote for Cody? No, but I also don't live in that country. So I'm good. Why wouldn't you vote for Cody? He's, you know how everyone was like, Oh, uh, Glenn Jacobs is like the smartest man in the back and he's so well read and he, everyone should aspire to be like Glenn Jacobs. Look at you now. My wife is yeah. probably very confused by what I just yelled. But um, yeah. Yeah. That's why. Oh, Cyclops is better than Wolverine advocating for oh, no! Triple H to kick Pharaoh. Or Pharaoh would would destroy Triple H, by the way. Pharaoh would dominate him. Just bite his leg. He'd be done. Triple H would be 
cooked if he got into a, a fight with Pharaoh. I'm taking Pharaoh 10 out of 10 against Triple H. I think that's the right call. That That's just... I couldn't do it. I could, I, I could never watch somebody do that to a dog. Be so wrong. Yeah. yeah. Pharaoh, he did, Triple H would load up and Pharaoh would just catch that in his teeth. Like, ah, not today. Not today, fucker. And then Triple H was screwed. Yeah. Uh, Triple H has got a like this. I think he unfortunately passed away. Uh, he had this like giant mastodon of a dog. Triple H and Stephanie did. You've seen the picture of this thing? Yes, and it's sitting on Stephanie. It's that's not nice. I don't think. No, no. It's like they're they're having a nice moment. It's a very cute moment. Oh, okay. Yeah, it, they might they might have gotten another dog. Um, yeah. but like this one, uh. The trainer who Triple H, maybe former trainer, maybe still trainer, tells the story of like he almost shit himself when he first saw this dog. It was like just a dinosaur looking thing. And they've only had massive dogs. Good on them. Yeah. Well protected in the mean streets of Greenwich. Yeah, those giant massives. Didn't they call one Andre? Did they? Maybe. I feel like they called one of them Andre. No. That's fine. I just I had a moment. Sorry, I was, the the reason why I was distracted for a minute. Um, Jeremy knows my my kid went down for a very early nap because of some some him being ill. Uh, so he just woke up and um, he's I'm watching him right now. He was he sat up in his crib and just started clapping for himself. And I thought it was just the the cutest and stupidest thing in the world. So tell I, Tommaso Champa to calm the fuck down. All right, go back to sleep. No, he's up. It's been over two hours. I think we're good for now. Oh man, uh, Brian Bell's going to join us in about 15 minutes here on the show, talking about uh, WrestleCon, the situation with Rick Steiner, and uh, LGBT, uh, sorry, LGBTQ representation in wrestling. Very much looking forward to having Brian on the show. Uh, so hopefully you'll stick around with us. Uh, with 15 minutes until they come on, let's talk about. You want to talk about the Ring of Honor call? You want to talk about just the 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 upcoming Ring of Honor show? They finally announced a tag title match at eleven oh five Eastern on Monday night. I told you, I told you they they were announcing Athena and Willow at like one in the morning on Saturday. Like, what are you doing? <laughs> Who's watching? Is Ring of Honor an entirely like Pacific West Coast like audience? The show's in Dallas, so I don't know. No, the show's so. in Trenton. Oh, right. It's in Trenton. Sorry, sorry, sorry. The supercar was in Dallas. Yeah, that's what I was thinking. Two years ago. Yeah. But yeah, like, <laughs> what are we doing? Is like Tony just, I don't know. Listen, I'm sure they have metrics as to why it makes sense for them to release this at one in the morning if you're Eastern Standard Time. But like, what the hell are we doing? They did, they're doing a, a four way tag match, uh, Lucha Bros Kingdom, and then two other teams. But sorry, like the kingdom are just going to win the tag. All the open, all the open. back. I think that's great news, by the way. Yeah, I'm very excited about that. Thank you. Are you still mad that Kyle Fletcher got the graphic, and they both got the graphic to themselves, and they should have waited until after this show and they win the tag team titles to get the graphic? Best friends are the other team in this. (laughs) Woof. But I would have. Wow. Well, because just in the storytelling, I may. I mean, listen. If Aussie Open are going to win, then yeah, I probably would have waited to give them the the graphic then. I would have. You're a hater. We're not going to revisit this conversation. You got <laughs> destroyed. I did not Allen. get destroyed. No, you I got did destroyed. Not. No, I did not. Yes, he did. The only thing All destroyed right. is my feelings towards you. <laughs> 
as far as like this mat this card goes i mean we'll probably talk a little bit more about it on friday the show is on friday uh a couple a couple things i do kind of just want to mention here because i wrote about them yesterday orange cassidy did some local media uh because collision is also like in new jersey uh, and so like he'll probably be on collision i assume but he was asked about roh and he's like i'll definitely probably be there which orange cassidy could just be being orange cassidy i'm just like yeah sure best friends are there so maybe he'll be in their corner that's kind of where i'm at yeah i wouldn't be shocked if we got an orange cassidy match on this card Tony Khan loves him some Orange Cassidy, baby. Like, I would not be shocked if we get an Orange Cassidy match on this card. Orange Cassidy versus the loser of the TV tournament match, which we've already spoiled, but whatever. Uh, That would be fun. Non-title, hopefully. Uh, I mean, why not just make it a a title match? Like, who cares? Orange Cassidy's winning. I guess it just makes that person look worse. They're they're gonna lose this match anyway. Orange Cassidy is not losing, so just what go a, ahead and just put the title on the line so we can rack up title defenses. It's just very strange. Uh, so you think he'll be? I could see him being on the card. I mean, they haven't gotten that far with uh, with the card itself. They still they still have a world title match, and you know you've got Tony Khan on the call being like, "Yeah, this week we'll announce something." And I'm like, this "They're week- gonna announce they're gonna announce this world title match at like two a.m. tonight after Blood and Guts." and stuff tony will still be up he'll be super fired up after uh blood and guts and everything he's like justified fucking fired up let's go here we go claudio casignoli against and then i don't know john gresham or somebody whoever whoever ends up being but yeah, he's gonna be so fired up phoenix is gonna pull double duty oh double QT duty marshall after beating it should be QT Marshall. Have, that's right. Are you kidding me after his big win in triple a it's gonna be qt marshall versus claudio casignoli and then qtv comes to ring of honor they become a ring of honor exclusive do you think oh god it could be hobbs just thought about that sorry go ahead Maybe. Nah, Claudio's like a heel. Hobbs is kind of a heel. I don't know. Um, Hobbs just beat up uh, QT after the... the, Yeah, but he was like, you you kept your promise. Like, I think there's still... And maybe the promise was, give them a title shot. Do you think... Do you think... Tony Khan, Kenny Omega... Can talk old Coda... To work this ROH show in Trenton, New Jersey? I don't think you have to talk... I don't think you have to talk Coda into that. (laughs) Bro, you tell Coda that, like, dinosaurs are going to be there... And stuff like I think Coda, Coda will do it. An entire kingdom will be there, Coda. <gasps> Sign me up. <laughs> <laughs> and then he meets. I see Frantic's on. See, he thinks it'll be Claudio and, and Coda. Like I, I think there's a possibility that I think they will ask Coda. Will, will Coda be like, eh, sure? And Coda seems like maybe he if, will be like, okay, so fine. That factors in, and we're gonna we'll, we'll get more into this after, or maybe not. Who knows? Let's just talk about it now. Uh, with blood and guts, if Coda pins Claudio, then yeah, that's probably what they'll do. So my other thought was, do you think maybe Blackpool loses, maybe Pac takes the the fall, and we get Claudio and, and Pac? And Claudio's not happy that Pac lost the match for Blackpool, and so we get Claudio and Pac as the main event. I still think there's a story for Pac going to all in more than there is the immediate. You know. Maybe, but they gotta they gotta figure out something. I, I assume they have something figured out. My favorite part of this Tony Khan media call, by the way, was when he was talking about letting Eddie Kingston do the G one and stuff. 
and he's thinking like, yeah, I, I tried to figure out if I can fly Eddie back to do ROH and <laughs> the same day as he's wrestling in the G1 and stuff. Bless this man for like, you know, I was going to pay for this travel. Tony Khan's got the Super Mach 5 ROH private jet going over to Japan, getting Eddie after he just faced whoever. What, who's Eddie facing? I think he's got a match on Friday. Let's see. Let's uh, see. New Japan. Yeah, I got it. I got it. Got it. He, yeah, he just wrestled Evil today. This man is missing. Did, uh, did he win? Did he beat Evil? He lost to Evil. This How man, do you lose to Evil, former yeah. New Japan? Uh, sorry, former IWGP World. You know head- what? Eddie could have done this. By the way, Eddie's not wrestling until Sunday. Oh. He could have easily flew back after the match tonight. He wouldn't have made blood and guts. Although that would have been fantastic. If he comes out at the end of blood and guts. He wouldn't have made blood and guts. You know what? All right. You think it's a I'm big not surprise? writing off. What? Oh my god! You think it's a big surprise they're going to do it? I'm not writing off Eddie Kingston being able to work this ROH show. Tony Khan says it's not feasible, but it is very feasible. He just finished wrestling the the uh, the evil match a few hours ago. He gets on the private plane. He he goes over. He gets to blood and guts tonight. Comes out at the end. He doesn't have to be back until Sunday. Sunday morning. To wrestle, uh, to wrestle in the match. Who's he facing on Sunday? Let's see here. He's he's wrestling, um, he's wrestling Hanare on Sunday. He doesn't have to be. Ba- they can change the match order on this. By the way, he's technically the fourth match. It can be the seventh match. It's not that big of a deal. They're headlining this friggin' show with David Finley against Evil. They don't care about this match order, folks. All right, that's your headlining bout. Um, Eddie Kingston can headline this show against Hanare. I've talked myself into Eddie Kingston being the opponent for Claudio. The G1 is very much a lights on tournament until you get to the finals. I yeah. know you've been watching. I mean, I'm sure yeah. you've been watching bits and pieces, if not everything, but like it's a it's a very lights on wrestling show, and that's fine. Yeah. Um, it's not a it's not a big deal in terms of going to the matches. Watching them, it's great. Uh, but yeah, I listen, if they did it, I'd laugh. I, I think it'd be fun, but I don't think they will because the a, the back and forth, and if you know Eddie's, like, aversion to doing it, I think that's enough for him to be like, uh-uh, not happening, not doing it. And number two, uh, the risk of injury is something that is very highly in the minds of of all parties. It's not just a Tony Khan thing, but I'm sure on the New Japan side, you know, if I'm Gato and I've been booking this whole thing a certain way, because the, 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 the G1 is typically a very, like, nuanced book in its own way, I don't think they want to chance it. And that's my I, I'm going to tweet right now. Maybe Tony will reply to me. I'm not Bix, so I don't know if he'll be able to reply to me. Uh, Have Bix tweeted for us. Yeah. He's, do, he's on a show sometime this week, so do that. I'm going to tweet. Tony said it's not happening, but Eddie isn't wrestling until Sunday in the G1. Just wrestled... This morning, send the Super Mach 5 private ROH jet. It can happen. Send the jet of honor. ROH is Friday. The jet of honor. That's good. (laughs) Private jets of honor. Super Mach 5 private jet of honor. That's what we're calling it. I love it. Yeah. 
I love that this is actually what we're going to do. All right. Let's see if Tony responds right. to me here. All right. We'll see. I think he's a little busy today uh, in, in Boston, but we'll is see. Eh. enough, call time's probably not till one o'clock, so we got plenty of time. Yeah, it'd be fine. Uh, Ms. comments on the possibility of Ms. and Mrs. Season 4, by the way. Just saw that article. Let's go. Let's do it. I hope they do a Ms. and Mrs. Season 4. I need more Marjo in my life. Yeah, he said that right now it's it's possible. We'll see. Things are kind of up in the air. It feels like they'll they'll have it come back. Like if, what, yeah. what if Marjo's holding out for a spinoff, and that's why they're not doing Season 4? Oh, that'd be great. I would love that, honestly. Marjo and uh, what's Mike's dad name again? Just uh, the Mrs. Dad. The Mrs. Dad. I'm yeah. pretty sure. George, isn't it George? It's George Mazzana. Yeah, I think it's George. Mar- Marjo and George have a spinoff together, like the odd couple. Let's do that. Why wouldn't we want that? I'm fine with that. I had I'm to wait for you to be like, am I okay with that? Yeah, I'm fine with that. I had to think about it for a second. Um, yeah, I like it. What's the worst that could happen? Man, Ms. and Mrs. Draws, right? It's a good wholesome reality show. Oh by yeah. The way. If you've Great. never seen it, like that's a that's a good wholesome reality show. I think I think it should happen. I think it's it. I think that that that's what they need is is the fourth season because it needs to do more than Total Divas. It needs to have more seasons than Total Divas. They're gonna bring back Total Divas. I got With a feeling. Who? With who? Oh, they got an old new cast, the Cavender Twins. Once oh, they get going, they're gonna they're gonna have them. They're they're they, you saw that TikTok of the Cavender twins and the Bella twins like doing the whole passing the torch thing. They're gonna bring back this Total Divas thing. It might be NXT NXT centric, which would be hilarious because they all. I think an NXT would be fantastic because they all like they're all in Florida. They're not like traveling and stuff. So I think I think you could get a lot of good material out of this. You're kind of selling me on this, and I kind of dislike this. Why? What I do? I, I like the idea of them doing a NXT Total Divas thing. I don't know what they'd call it, or maybe they'll call it Total Divas Florida. But uh, there's something I don't know. There's something there, and it's very upsetting. Total Total NXT is what you call it. Total, total NXT, but it's T E A. Yeah, I don't know. I don't think you can call it Divas because they don't like that term. No, they anymore. don't. Yeah. No. There's only there. There's only one diva now, and that's the quintessential diva. It's Giselle Shaw. True. So unless Giselle's going to be part of it, she's probably not. Uh, I don't know who could be on the new NXT NXT EA. I'm <laughs> 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 now set. It's just going to be NXT EA. Joel, oh. you had a good setup with the Giselle Shaw, and into our our next topic. It- Listen to yourself sometimes. I, I don't want to listen to myself any more than I have to. I listen to myself through my ears. I listen to myself through you. It's just, I, I hear enough of myself. So uh, I guess with that, we, we can bring on our guest, can't we? Yes. All right. <laughs> uh, joining us now from Outsports and LGBT in the ring. Uh, very excited to have them with us right now. Uh, you, you know what? Let, let, let's just let them speak for themselves. Brian Bell joins us now. Hello, Brian. How are you doing? <laughs> Hey y'all, how we going? I'm doing all right. Uh, thank y'all for inviting me onto the show. It's great to have you. Thanks for joining us this morning. Yes, thank you for waking up early. I know you're on the the West Coast, and uh, it's eight thirteen over there. So we appreciate you you joining us early. Yes, bright and sunny out here in the Pacific Northwest. I, <laughs> I've been trying to make a habit of waking up early over the last week or so, and so like any excuse to get me out of bed around seven a.m., I'm okay with right now y'all caught me at the perfect time 
there's one thing I love. It's the summertime where it forces you to get up early. The sun is up. You can get up too. It's not dreary and gross outside, right? It's not so bad. Especially out here where like, you know, usually, you know, whenever my spouse and I like go to sleep, like we sleep with like our, our bedroom windows open and stuff because like, you know, you get the cool breeze of everything like that. And then you have to wake up because it's all of a sudden is starting to creep up. It's going to get like 95 out here today. And that's, I, like, I grew up in Georgia. I left Georgia partially because of the Georgia summers. And now it's followed me out here and it's very annoying. That's the way that it goes though. <laughs> <laughs> It's like when you travel and you're like, oh, I'm going to ditch the rain. And all of a sudden it's raining wherever you go. Well, see, I don't mind that. Okay, I came out here for the rain and I don't get it as much as I thought I would. I look, I live in Ohio. I can't say anything about any type of weather. Ohio is like the worst <laughs> state in the world. So wherever you're living, it, it's got to be better than here. Uh, I enjoy it. So let's let's get right into this. Uh, you you made some some headlines the last couple of days. You were in the news because of the the Rick Steiner situation. How did this? How did you get involved specifically in the conversation and the discourse? And talk to me about uh, where where it started and how it all came through. I mean, so this really all started back in April, whenever the initial incident happened at, at WrestleCon, right? Actually, March 31st, which, you know, was also International Trans Day of Visibility, which added a lot of extra uh, heat uh, onto this whole situation, uh, considering that Giselle, you know, is an out trans woman in, in pro wrestling. I was in L.A. for WrestleMania week down there, and, you know, whenever that happened, like, I just, you know started doing my job and, and re- was reporting that out. And then, you know, after that initial like wave of stuff, like, like anything, you move on to other stories and that sort of thing. And then Sunday, all of a sudden you see the announcement from Russell Khan that Rick and Scott are going to be at the, the convention in Detroit in August around SummerSlam. And I just jump back into like work mode. I'm like, all right, well, I need to figure out what's going on here, especially after reading the, the statement that Michael uh, released alongside that announcement so yeah i i just i reached out to michael you know just to you know i wanted to get more information about this so that i could cover it properly and whenever i reached out to him like he asked me if we could do a audio interview instead of you know just answering email questions which you know those kind of talking to people is actually is like way better than like having people answer questions via email in this, in this line of work. So I, yeah, I agreed to it. And we sat down Monday morning. Um, I woke up early for him as well. And, um, and we, we spoke for a little over an hour about everything. And, and that entire conversation went up on the LGBT in the ring podcast feed Tuesday morning around the same time that my article went up on Outsports and, and then all of a sudden, like, it just went really quickly after that, right? Like, we, we had our conversation, and all that stuff went up. I, was, I had to go to a doctor's appointment <laughs> Tuesday morning. So, like, as soon as, like, the article and everything went up, I was, like, out of commission for about an hour and a half. And then I come back, and that's, you know, whenever I started hearing rumblings that there was going to be another statement. And then that, you know, and I talked to Michael, and Michael informed me that they, they were going to be releasing that that press release about removing Rick from the convention. Um, and I, you know, ran with that, updated my story. And then I didn't, he told me he was going to like reference our conversation in the press release. I did not realize it was going to be like exactly what it was. 
you know? And so, like, seeing that, like, that just kind of blew this whole thing up um, to where a lot of people, like, were coming out very supportive of, you know, my speaking with Michael, Michael speaking with me. Obviously, you got the, the random Twitter trolls that were not going to give, like, the breath in this moment. But, but yeah, like, it... it it was interesting for me to see how this all played out because in my mind, I was just like doing my job as, as a journalist. Right. And then to see that Michael was like citing our conversation specifically in terms of like creating a code of conduct and an anti-harassment policy that is now being adopted across all the major wrestling conventions, like, you know, and, and our conversation kind of leading to him, uh, you know, giving Rick the ultimatum in that way. Like I, I never expected for him to credit me as much as he did on that. And, and that was kind of surreal. Um, and yeah, now here we are now, like this is just, it's just been a, a very uh, wild and um, humbling and uh, very heartening 24 hours. I would say. What was your, your general sense in talking to Michael, like during the conversation and then after the conversation of, did you think, okay, we're making progress. He understands. Or were you like, all right, I'm not really getting through to anything here. I thought after our, after our conversation that there was definitely some information and some perspectives that got through to, to him. You know, like, I think if you listen to, to the podcast, um, you hear like very near the end, like he basically agrees that Rick should make a statement and that should be contingent on him joining the convention, you know? And, and I didn't, I, like at that point, I didn't know that he was like, you know, giving him 24 hours to make a statement before anything was going to happen. Um, I didn't realize that, that him removing Rick was on the table as quickly as it was because of all that situation. But like, he was open to the conversation. He, and he said multiple times, like, you know, I, I wanted the reason why I wanted to have this conversation was I wanted to get, a different perspective i wanted to learn because clearly like what i said on sunday in my statement you know wasn't good you know it didn't communicate these sort of things i don't necessarily that's all paraphrasing and i'm not i don't want to put words in, in michael's mouth per se but he was very open to to my thoughts and i think a lot of the criticisms that that he faced on social media as well you know he, he was very receptive you mentioned uh, there that it, there was talk of a code of conduct being made for WrestleCon. Is that something that you are either going to be a part of or would like to be a part of in its formation? Um, Michael has not reached out to me about being part of that. I know they have like a first draft uh, that's already up on their website up there. You know, I, I don't necessarily – that would be an odd thing to do just in terms of like – treating like the, the separations of the job right in that way like i'm definitely like i'm glad to have the conversations there i'm glad to like look over something and then make critiques like maybe not necessarily like being in the room and that sort of thing because i still feel like you can impact the stuff by by doing that specifically but for me like personally like i i don't know like wrestling media you can blur lines a bit more at times in an acceptable way, at least to like your audience, as opposed to other areas of journalism. I don't necessarily know if that that's a good or bad thing, but I try and like keep that separation as much as I, I can at times. I say that as someone who like promoted a wrestling show last year. So I, I don't know. Like I, 
let's put it this way. If Michael asked me, I would think about it. But I don't necessarily know if I would say yes or no in at this very moment. The the first statement that that came out. I know you reached out to, to Michael. You had the conversation with him after. But what were your initial thoughts on the first statement? That just like what kind of stuck with you of like, okay, you know what, this isn't great. Let me try to have a conversation with him. Well, my initial reaction was frustration because there was so much, uh, so many of the comments that that he made about like justifying Rick coming back and and around, you know events that publicly hadn't been known around the April, uh, March, April incident uh, that he talked about there were expressed with such vague terms. Like there was really no concrete information there. And the fact that, you know, yes, Rick apologized privately to WrestleCon staff and impact staff and other wrestlers, notably not Giselle. Giselle chose not to be there, and I, I completely stand behind her 100% on that decision. Like she doesn't owe Rick or anybody that, that time of day. Um, but I think it was really just the vague nature of it and, and kind of looking at the reasoning behind it, right? Because we, we haven't heard from Rick in three months. No one has. People have reached out to try and talk to Rick. I have reached out to, talk to, to try and talk to Rick. I reached out to the Cherokee County School Board to try and get them to talk about this situation back whenever it first happened. And luckily they were on spring break. So they were able to have a reason to not, not re- respond to emails for a week. Um, but I think like looking at, at that aspect specifically, like Rick has not done anything publicly to atone for this. He has not done anything to show that as, as Michael put it in, in his initial statement that he has learned from this at all. And the fact that that initial statement had none of that evidence there um, was supremely frustrating. And that was something that also came up in our conversation. And then, you know, Michael kind of pointed to like, you know, maybe he was a bit, um, he was basing his opinion based uh, more so off of that private apology um, than, than anything. And that that was probably short-sighted of him to do, especially considering that, you know, he, hadn't really gathered the LGBTQ perspective on this whole situation and that sort of thing. Not to mention the fact that there was an apology video made in April while Rick was still in Los Angeles that was never released. Sorry, Jeremy, go ahead. Oh, I didn't know if it it froze up for a second. So, so hold on, uh, going back to that. So there was an apology video that, that Rick made that, Never saw the light of day. Yeah, yeah, that that came up in in our com- in, on the interview that's on the podcast feed. Like Rick made after the the apology meeting that happened, the, the private mediated event, as um, as Michael put it in that Sunday statement. Um, Rick made an apology video, and Michael encouraged him to release it. And I, you know, Michael said, and whenever we, we talked, like that video was. Um, was something that he wanted Rick to release. Rick decided not to. Rick asked Michael if they would release it on WrestleCon's Twitter account, and Michael declined because he didn't at that point in time. Like he thought that if he did that, that would show that would look like WrestleCon is supporting Rick, and that's not something that he wanted to do. And so, but like outside of that, like it just never got put out there, and there's really no 
explanation why. The only person who knows why that didn't happen is Rick. The LGBTQ community has been so interesting to me in wrestling because there was a time when wrestling was not very, you know, welcoming and inclusive. And in, in some ways, unfortunately, it's still somewhat like that. Um, but in situations like this, you see the LGBTQ community kind of rally together and support each other. Um, can you talk to me a bit about just the, the community itself and like how it's grown in the professional wrestling circle, because you, you're, you're seeing a lot of not just talent, but just a lot of fans uh, who are openly a part of the LGBTQ community getting more and more involved there. Yeah, I mean, it's been a wonderful thing to watch the the growth really explode over the last like five, maybe going back seven years at this point. You know, I I got into I got my job at Outsports at the perfect time. Like I started there at 2019, and it's just been hitting the ground running and watching you know more people in wrestling come out, more people in wrestling that were already out, you know, being in elevated positions and seeing attitudes towards LGBTQ people within the pro wrestling world change a lot. And that is, I think, contributes to why they're, you're seeing more um, local and more very much out there LGBTQ pro wrestling fans as well, because they are, they're seeing people that represent them now on like, not just in the independence where a lot of this really began, you know, like so many other things in pro wrestling, but you're seeing them on like major televised promotions, nationally televised promotions. You're seeing them all over the world. Like, I, you know, I do the, the QWI 200 list every year, like the top 200 queer pro wrestlers for the year. And there I have, I've included wrestlers from like Chile, Brazil, Japan, Finland, Spain, Belgium, Italy, like it's all over the place and the community is out all over the place and they are being supported overwhelmingly supported like you said there's all there are always issues to work on there are there are problematic people within this industry that that are still have a presence unfortunately in in that way but at the end of the day like lgbtq people are really thriving in in pro wrestling over over the last five or so years and it's been wonderful to watch and and i I can't wait to watch it grow more. Like this last year, like remember I did the 2022 list for the 200, like I had to evaluate like 500 people for inclusion on that list. We're at that point. I could do a PWI 500 ish sort of thing. If I wanted to, that's too much work for me since I'm the only one that does it. But at the same time, like it's, it's amazing to see that, that no matter how you express your queerness, how about you, how you express your gender, um, what part of the community you belong to. Um, there is someone in pro wrestling that you can find and look to that you can see yourself in. And that's a beautiful thing that we have not had historically in pro wrestling. I know a lot of people have kind of been at the the forefront of that. Effie get, gets a lot of credit, especially with mm -hmm. Effie's big gay brunch, which has become like just a giant party uh, whenever the show happens. But I, I wanted to ask about AC Mack who just wrapped up his, his career and yes. you know, he, he's retired, but AC Mack is somebody who really like put, put the community on his shoulders and was first openly gay world champion and, and everything with the IWTV uh, world heavyweight title. You speak to just AC Mack's importance of, of the community. Oh, sure. First off, absolutely love AC Mack. Adore that man. I've had him on the podcast multiple times and that sort of thing. He was the QWI 200 number one last year after winning that world title. 
back in January of 2022. Um, Mac is someone truly special, both for like what he has done, but also what he has represented, not just for the community, but for the region that he came out of. Right. Like I said, I grew up in Georgia. I lived in Atlanta for like 11, 12 years before I moved out West. Right. So I have very close ties to Atlanta and to see someone like AC Mack who has close ties to Atlanta as well, really be one of the people that put the Southeast on his back, you know, so to speak. And it wasn't just him, but he was a major part of that, you know, with his action wrestling championship reign, winning the IWTV world title down there, bringing uncharted territory down into the TWE arena in uh, the outskirts of Chattanooga, Tennessee. Um, he helped put a spotlight on a region that, excuse me, has been a little wishy-washy when it comes to sustained growth in independent pro wrestling and sustained re- recognition in independent pro wrestling as well. Um, and at the same time, he's really elevated a, a lot of the, the, I guess, uh, purview of LGBTQ pro wrestling through that championship reign, especially last year, you know, um, not to mention doing that as while being an out gay black man in Georgia, um, which granted Atlanta is, it's a friendly queer city, I will say. Uh, but at the same time, like I lived in Georgia, I know how that can go. And I, and, and it's, it's amazing to see the strength that he's shown and the people that he's inspired too. he came out of WWA for the school down there. And, you know, I had Rico, his, his partner on before I had both of them on the, the podcast before his final match that, that he just had. But when I talked to Rico, like, you know, Rico and I were joking, like, you no, know, there's too, like, it's getting to the point where there's like too many gays at WWA for at this point. And that is an amazing problem to have. And without people like AC Mack, Ashton Starr, Danny Jordan, Alex Kane, you don't necessarily have a place where people from that community can feel comfortable doing that and realize that they can find success in that as well. And I think that that's really at the end of the day, his legacy is just is being an inspiration to so many different communities um, that have celebrated him and deservedly so. It's really funny that you mentioned, you know, it's a good problem to have having so many out wrestlers in training and also fans and everything. What do you tell a wrestling fan who is both part of the LGBTQ community and is maybe a lapsed fan that was turned off from the way wrestling used to portray uh, anyone within the queer spectrum or not spectrum, but within the queer communities, go watch Effie's big gay brunch, go watch pro wrestling vibes. Paris is bumping. Go watch the Cassandro Cup tournaments. You know, go watch Hood Slam. There are so many promotions now that not just feature LGBTQ people, but are led by LGBTQ people and understand the perspective that we have and infuse that into pro wrestling in a lot of ways. Not just our perspective, but our culture as well. You know, Paris is bumping. That whole thing is born out of you know the ballroom culture of the 80s in, in New York City, you know, which is an explicitly trans. POC space that Billy Dixon infused with pro wrestling into an event that was, you know, I, I went to the only, I think they ran it three times. Two of them had fans at it. I went to both of the ones that had fans at it. It is one of the most affirming spaces 
for LGBTQ people and pro wrestling fans that I have ever been in. Same goes for the big gay brunch. Like that is, like you said, Jimmy, that is just one big party. One, it's like, it's, it's like they took three hours to just like threw an entire pride weekend with some blood and some smacking into, into three hours in, in like a hall where it is way too hot and you're sweating on, on each other. But it is so much fun. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, it's just, it's just understand that there's more to this than what you see on TV. There's more than just WWE. There's more than just AW or Impact or Ring of Honor um, or New Japan and that sort of thing, which all of those companies do have people from the community within them. They all have some form of LGBTQ representation on them, which, by the way, shout out Sonya Deville, finally winning her first championship and being like one of like one of the longest tenured out LGBTQ person at WWE at this point, but also being a huge advocate as well as being a, a wrestler there. So like it's, it's just understanding that like if you're not seeing what you want to see on TV, there are other places. IWTV, Fight, um, Premiere, uh, remix that new one that just launched with defy they enjoy wrestling's on there and enjoy wrestling for a company that's not necessarily run by queer people that that show has queer people up and down the card uh shout out edith surreal their champion and be young their first champion two outstanding names from the queer community in pro wrestling so just understand that there is something out there and look for it and find what you like Brian, I want to thank you for for joining us today. Um, any go ahead and plug plug everything and any closing comments that you would like to make? Yeah, sure. So you can uh, check out my pro wrestling writing at Outsports. Uh, you can check out uh, the podcast LGBT in the Ring. New episodes release every Thursday. Every once in a while, you get a bonus one like this week, obviously. But typically, new episodes every Thursday. Um, you can support that show on Patreon, patreon.com slash LGBT Ring Pod. We have bonus shows that go up there. Um, on a monthly basis as well and i guess you can follow me on twitter if you want to add wonderboy otm so there we go i typically forget my own twitter handle at times when i'm doing plugs so there we go and brian brian thank you again for for joining us and thank you for having the conversation with michael and everything to make things in my opinion right with wrestlecon because i think a lot of people were frustrated when all of that came out and i saw the quote tweets and the replies to it of like what are we doing here with with rick steiner so i you did something very important for the the wrestling community overall by reaching out to michael and having that conversation with him so thank you for that oh thank you <laughs> Again, thank you for thank you for joining us. Thank you for waking up early. Uh, everyone, go support Brian and uh, their work. Um, can you see the 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 link there at LGBT Ring Pod? I want to make sure I get that right uh, on Twitter, yes. and then you can also follow Brian on Twitter as well. And I will get this correct as well. Uh, Wonderboy OTM on Twitter, and the links are in the description below. If you're watching this as a singular cut video, thank cool. you, Brian. Thanks, Brian. Enjoy thank the rest you. of your day. Go back to sleep if you need to. We really appreciate uh, it. <laughs> I've got enough coffee in me at this point. I'm good to go. Y'all take there care. There you go. <laughs> oh, no, Brian, Thank you, Brian. Let's go. <laughs> there you um, go, everybody. Brian Bell big from uh, Outsports. Yes, big thank you to Brian uh, for joining us this morning. It was a really good chat. That was, uh, again, this has been this whole saga of the WrestleCon Rick Steiner situation and everything that went down was, has just been such a pain in the ass in so many ways. It. It was so look, I, I covered a lot of it when it happened in, in March with okay, Giselle came out and, and said, like, here's what happened. And 
you know, Rick never really said anything off of that. And WrestleCon made the statement of like, we don't tolerate this. He's been banned from this event. I went back and I read the statement and I don't think they ever said he was banned from future events in the initial statement. I'm going to pull it up here just so I have it correctly. Uh, okay. So the, the initial statement after what what went down in, in WrestleCon WrestleMania was WrestleCon regrets the events that took place at yesterday's convention and apologizes to Giselle Shaw. We aim to promote a safe, inclusive environment for all LGBTQAI plus members uh, of the wrestling community. This issue has been addressed and we hope the remainder of the convention can be a positive experience for all. So they never said anything about him banning him. Uh, it did say I wrote according to pw insider steiner was informed he was not allowed to enter or take part in the remainder of wrestlecon's events remainder of wrestlecon's events makes me believe it was just the wrestlemania weekend stuff so it never said he was banned from future events as well people just kind of are like hey yeah he's probably not gonna be welcome back that doesn't why are you gonna have him back at this and then of course like like brian was saying the news happened. It's WrestleMania week. There's more news happening. You kind of just move on from all this stuff. But it was very out of the blue that I, I think it was Sunday that WrestleCon put out the statement of, hey, Rick Steiner and Scott Steiner, they're being paid by whoever it is, uh, you know, whatever. Uh, um, Tony Hunter promotion? Yeah, yeah, yeah. They're The Steiners are here. Like, here we go. Um, and everyone was very caught off guard by this because for months now we didn't hear from rick as brian was saying like rick didn't say anything they the uh school board like they reached out for comments and as brian brian was also saying like they were on their spring break when that happened so they didn't have to make a comment and then again just everybody the news cycle rolls on right so we just never heard from rick and i the statement put out by wrestlecon was very much of two things really stuck out to me on that one can you please spell giselle shaw's name right like if you're putting out this statement please do not use two l's multiple times in her name like just get that part correct two was the apology of of all the of of the positive things rick did and was not publicized is immediately apologize apologize to members of wrestlecon staff he apologized to many of his fellow wrestlers and offered apologies to members of impact wrestling staff that chose to hear uh, from him in this private mediated event Giselle chose not to attend Rick's apology which was 100% understood supported and still supports to this day what's hilarious and that's probably the wrong word but what stands out to me is like did they just like have at 11 a.m please attend Rick Steiner's apology event in meeting room a and like what are we doing here this doesn't show any growth or anything like that like and then the 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 part of it's been three months i feel rick has learned a lot from his huge mistake like what learned he what learned? yes what has he learned and then rick will forever be on a zero tolerance scale moving forward and then of course they're like this is not to imply that everyone gets one free strike like everyone can make transphobic homophobic racist comments you get that strike but as long as you hold your apology seminar you're welcome back it was a very tone deaf statement, very yeah. tone deaf statement. And they did it because someone was going to pay them money to have the Steiners there. It was in Michigan. So it's like, okay, here we go. Steiners, they're going to draw for us in Michigan. 
And I'm glad Brian reached out. And it, I feel like it had to come from uh, someone that was part of that community. Because you and I reach out and be like, hey, what are we doing here? It, it's not going to hit as hard as, as someone like Brian from that community being like, all right, here's what you need to actually know. Here's why this is not good. Let's have a conversation about that. And I am glad that Michael from WrestleCon was open to all of this. He could have been very dismissive of just like, nope, we're getting paid however this much to have the Steiners deal with it. We feel that Rick has apologized and done enough. So we got a good ending to all of this. It's a shame that we had to take this course to get there. But this is really, I think Michael is actually an example of actual growth in this situation and actual learning in this situation where Rick Steiner ain't done a damn thing by all accounts. So let me, I'll, I'll just, you know, I'll tell you what I said on Sunday when, when that statement was released, I had tweeted out the only thing that Rick Steiner learned was that people are listening to him in public. And now he can truly say how he feels about others. Yeah. Show me that he's done real tangible work with the LGBTQ plus community. And then I'll consider some positive shift in his views. That is the only way that I would consider rick steiner being welcomed to any anything really at that point and of course you know that that's just that's just how i see people when they deserve a second chance in my eyes is when they show tangible growth and then the statement comes out uh from the conversation that was had with with brian and and i said like okay turns out promoters gave rick 24 hours to make a public apology guess what rick didn't do Make a public apology. I said kudos to Brian Bell for opening the dialogue with Mike from WrestleCon. And I said, you know what? Since Mike is big on second chances, Mike is uh, one of the promoters behind WrestleCon. I said, I'm willing to give Mike a second chance because he listened and learned from a mistake. When somebody shows growth and actively seeks to do better, that's when we should be more willing to give a second chance. Is Mike absolved and is WrestleCon absolved of all wrongdoing? No. Can you choose to not, uh, you know, take this as growth or whatever you can take from it, whatever you want. My personal opinion is, and, and, and again, I'm, I'm a straight white dude who lives in Toronto, you know? So my, my opinion on this is only my opinion and someone else is going to potentially feel differently and that's okay. I am more willing to give more leeway to Michael than I am to Rick Steiner in terms of showing growth for a community of which I would like to consider myself an ally. I would like to consider myself someone who, who supports anyone and everyone in the LGBTQ plus community. I want to see growth. I want to see someone show me that when you screw up, you're going to try your best to make it right. And Michael did that, but uh, Rick clearly hasn't and clearly has no intention of doing so. Yeah. I don't, I don't think so either. Cause he, he had his chance and he didn't say anything. The fact that he's been silent this entire time kind of tells you all you need to know. He thought, and look, he was correct for 24 hours. He thought it would blow over and he could just do this stuff and it would be fine. And you know what? It, and this is sad to say, it honestly may have been had he not just booked a WrestleCon appearance, but because he booked where everything happened at first, it became a deal. And rightfully so, by the way. Like, it was like, wait a second, didn't Rick do this at your convention? What are we doing here? If Rick just does these local appearances and stuff that he may still be doing for for all I know, I don't keep up on the Rick Steiner circuit. Um, if he just keeps like doing this stuff, it's very possible. He could have just kept going on and on and on and, and things were fine and kept making his money. But he went back through the WrestleCon and now it, it 
became the deal that, that it became. And again, rightfully so. So whatever. I, I got no time for Rick Steiner, even if he does make an apology at this point. I need an apology to Giselle Shaw and I need a private apology to her. And if she doesn't want to hear that, that's completely her right too. I don't even blame her at this point. I still, the meeting thing is just total carny pro wrestling of, yay, here we go. 11 a.m. Attend the Rick Steiner apology tour. Knowing who we know at Impact and some of the relationships they have, some of the communities they're part of, just everything. Who the hell was a part of that meeting to have heard this apology like that isn't connected in some way like who who the hell could have been there uh i i think that i don't want to say this is the- and i'm not telling you to, i'm not asking you to speculate by the way i'm really not no, no, that's no, no, no. the question it's just like who the hell was there no i'm i'm not speculating i'm not i'm not gonna speculate this at all i do want to know like who was there i could see certain people and this is again not not speculate on who i could see people attending to hear him out right of just like okay let's see what he actually has to say about this not oh i'm gonna attend because i actually believe he's wrong for what he said i could see people attending especially if giselle wasn't gonna be there and then i could see whoever attended going to her and being like this is what was said do you want to talk to him more and clearly it doesn't seem like she wanted to and that's completely her right so i but i could I could see the that being the reason they attended. Yeah, yeah, that, and that's understandable. It's fine. Hear him out, and that's that. Um, it is what it is. Glad that this has been uh, taken care of, and hopefully, in the future, this is not an issue that we have to talk about, especially on these circuits. Because, man, just it was such a, a shitty way to be wa- or not watching, but like be um, being part of WrestleMania weekend and, and taking in WrestleMania itself, because I'm pretty sure that Giselle dropped that statement, like at the end of night one, which was like Sammy and KO win the tag titles and everyone's super happy. If they're watching WrestleMania, I think that was, I could be off, but it was still WrestleMania weekend. It and was. It, and it was like, everyone was so on a high from a really, really solid two night event. If you were watching the WWE product that like seeing that was just like, Oh, that sucks, man. It wasn't. So you're, was it that? was, it, this is when I wrote the article. This is when the statement came out. It was April 1st at 1247 AM. So it was actually and WrestleMania night one was April 1st. So it was actually the morning the morning of, yeah. So it was before WrestleMania had actually taken place. So it was Wasn't probably that, like after Janela's spring break. Yeah. You know, was, everybody's was, still up. I'm pretty sure like I was probably watching Janela's spring break, Kota Bushi and Joey Janela and Giselle uh, comes out with the, with the statement. So regardless, it's a busy week, a busy weekend and people are on a high. People are really enjoying the wrestling. And it just sucks to read that. And it's yeah. from someone that, that I personally like. That I that I've spoken to before, you know, in interview format, and and Giselle has been nothing but a very sweet human being to me, and I I think she's great as a wrestler, as a person, and just to see that someone gets treated that way, I think it's bullshit for for something that's like whatever. I'm not even gonna get into this, but uh, let's it's it's silly that in in 2023 we have to we have to deal with this shit. Okay, it is, it is, and no, that's unfortunately it's how people whether in wrestling or outside of wrestling still think and and act and we can we can all just be better in a lot of areas 
let's strive to be better, man. And conversations like these are hopefully what start bigger conversations that get us better. Let's uh, let's move on. We got a few minutes left, so uh, let's let's talk about dynamite tonight. It's blood and guts. There's only three matches on the card, uh, as officially at least. You got the FTW Championship hook defense against Jungle Boy Jack Perry. We're finally doing it, or are we? What do you think, Jeremy? Is it uh, is Hook finally going to lose a match? Is it going to win? What's going to happen? I think Jungle Boy should win. I, I think you put the title on him. You go ahead and you get the undefeated part out of out of Hook's character because I, I never really like that unless you're like really going full bore. Like there just there just ain't many good undefeated streaks. Um, it gets tiring after a while. Goldberg was an exception, and that was years and years ago. So I, I think Jungle Boy should win. I think he should cheat to beat Hook and and just add a little bit more to that feud. I think it'll be a good match though. Jungle Boy's still a good wrestler. I know people are down on like character stuff, but still works very well. I think it'll bump really well uh for, for Hook as Hook like tosses him around and everything. I'm actually I'm excited for this match, but I do I would have Jungle Boy win. It's a fine match because again, there's a story here which I appreciate. Yeah. Uh the, the, you know, with Hook and, and Jack, because Forbidden Door, of course. Jack Perry decided to uh, take out Hook after this, after losing to Sonata. Jack still wants singles gold in AEW, so there is a bigger story there, and I appreciate it. I like you. I'm ready to see Hook lose, uh, just like I've been. I was ready to see Jade lose when she eventually did. We we talked about that on the show and how I felt about it at the time. But the whole reasoning behind wanting Jade to lose is so that we can continue telling different stories with wrestlers who aren't just, we're undefeated. Oh, my goodness. Now we can do that with Hook if he drops the FTW title to Jack Perry. I want to see the reaction from Hook. I want to see just the, the fallout from it. And I want to see Anna JAS being the driver. And if you like, if Hook wins this, it's a big knock on the heel character, the newly turned heel of, of Jack Perry as well. It's like, all right, dude, you just turned on this man. Now you got your ass beat. What's what's the next step for for old Jungle Jack? He goes crawling back to to Christian in, in that scenario. I got I don't want to see that duo again. Nope, yeah, I don't I don't I, as a heel. I don't really care to see that. So I want to see Jack Perry stand on his own. If you add Anna to that, that's fine because that's a real relationship, and I think it can add some some heat to the character of Jack Perry, especially from you know that audience of like, hey fuck this dude for having this hot girlfriend type of thing. Um, people don't like that. That's why they turn against Sammy Guevara and Ty Mello. They don't like it. Um, so yeah, I, I would like to see Jack Perry win and then see where they go from there. Cause if hook wins, I don't really know what the next step is for him after that. Does hook get someone, let's say Anna does come and join Jack and I'm not advocating a mixed tag or anything. Does hook have somebody come in and become his, his friend and they, they do some sort of feud between the two so that it evens out the corners. Layla Hirsch is someone, even though she's doing some ring of honor work, but the, yeah, the backgrounds Le- are similar quote unquote in a way. Right. Layla's Layla's, uh, maybe just do Dan Housen. Just what's Dan Housen still hurt, but get hook Housen back out there, baby. Just keep putting together the tag teams. But, but if Dan Housen comes back and they turn Dan Housen poor hook, no, Dan Housen's not turning. He's babyface. He can't turn Dan Housen. Dan Housen just reunites with Hook. He's like, I see you need some help. And then you can do... Dan Housen can, can bump for Anna, and nobody's going to think twice about it. It'll be fine. 
All right, maybe. We'll see. But I'm, I'm looking forward to the match tonight. It's going to be fun. Uh, possibly could open up the show. I, I could see that opening up. If not, actually, you know what? No, I see this opening up the show. The Blind Eliminator Tournament Final. MJF and Adam Cole take on Sammy Guevara and Daniel Garcia. Is it? Is it? Are we going with MJF and Adam Cole to the tag finals? Or is this the, the moment where MJF turns on Adam Cole, baby? Or Adam Cole gets a one-up on MJF before MJF tries to turn on Adam Cole, baby? It feels like Garcia and Sammy win because them against FTR sort of makes more sense. But, okay, I said you should stretch this out. And I, they're going to lose. I mean, maybe they win. Maybe they win the tag titles, right? I, I'm all for it. Um, but either they lose tonight or they lose to FTR. Regardless, they're losing in one of these two matches stretch it and give me a couple more weeks of MJF and Adam Cole have them win tonight and then if they got to lose to FTR they lose to FTR I would have them beat FTR though the that's the thing MJF and Adam Cole winning stretches that out to the tag match and then an inevitable turn or if you have MJF and Adam Cole with those tag titles I don't want to do this, but you basically you have a story to tell until all in and all out where at all in you can have MJF and Adam Cole lose those tag titles, but then at all out, you can't immediately be like MJF Adam Cole for the title. So it doesn't can. Why can't you? Because it feels like you're rushing it because what's the main event for all unless you've got a massive main event for all out that involves, you know, the not just outside of the world title. So if it's like a CM Punk match, but it's a massive CM Punk match. You probably got a massive CM Punk match for All Out in Chicago. The massive CM Punk match that I think of would be at, would be uh, MJF for the world title. That's fair. I mean, they, they'll have something for Punk regardless. They they will. All Out's going to sell. It's probably already sold out at this point anyway. Uh, yeah, they had people fighting for the lives in the ticket line the other day. Yeah, so All Out's going to sell. Regardless, I think it it's not short notice if, if you think about it when it comes to Adam Cole and MJF. If you do this first week of September, they've been building this for since three weeks ago, four weeks ago when they had their first match. My point is more if they have the tag titles and they're being friendly and they're winning their tag title defenses and then they go to all in, which is a week before. And like if that just leads into a new t- it doesn't it doesn't feel it feels very contrived to get to a world title match, a one-on-one world title match because you had the tag titles and you had to have them and then drop them. That's my feeling. You have the tag titles at all out. Adam Cole does the, I'm going to get you before you get me type of thing. The problem is you don't want MJF taking a pin in this scenario, even if it's a, even if it's a, a tag team match and that's the tough part. So maybe Adam, yeah, it's not okay. So my issue is less of like it's too soon. My issue is more of like it's tough to sell me on MJF taking a pin in in a tag match and then a week later defending his title. I don't like when guys take pins when they got th- this big match. This is what this is what I hated about Adam Cole uh losing to Orange Cassidy. And then he gets a world title shot against Hangman Page, but it was a lights out match. So it's like, it didn't count on the record. Nah, man, I saw him got pinned. All right. You can't tell me that he didn't lose that match. So Adam Cole, like losing, getting pinned. And even if MJF turns on him and Adam Cole turns on MJF after the, the afterwards, regardless, like I just saw Adam Cole 
get pinned and now he's challenging for a world title they just do a triple threat match they love that stuff anyway i don't actually know they don't do too many tag team triple threat matches but you know triple that match nobody gets pinned and then uh or nobody gets pinned and then or neither one of them get pinned then you do the turn after the match so my issue is less of like oh it's too soon my issue is i don't need either to see either of them get beat a week before they have this world title match ftr j juice mjf adam cole triple threat all in there you Multiple go titles. there you go and then jay finally pins dax <laughs> in the ring with tag titles yeah and then adam cole and mjf are upset at each other and then cole can cole can hit him and then well, Cole yeah, can the set up the set up the world title match the the following week for for all out. Who knows? We'll see. I, I'm not super jazzed about doing that a week a week behind each other. But also, like I don't know that that's the weird part about doing all in and then a week later all out. It's like can you set up these stories with a week buffer in between for the big stories? What's gonna be hilarious is when they announce these matches and. People are going to have to be like, I challenge you for all out. It's like, why challenge them on the lesser show? Go to Wembley in front of 80,000. Why why are you doing it in front of 20 in Chicago? You'll be in Chicago again a week later. Just, you know, just do do the bigger match at, at all in. I agree. <laughs> uh, but I'm looking forward to the match tonight. It's going to be a good tag match. Those, those four are going to go a little nuts. And then finally, uh, Blood and Guts. That's the, the big main event. Black Bull Combat Club Golden Elite. It's going to be Moxley, Yuta, Claudio Castagnoli, Takeshita, and Pac is the fifth man taking on Kenny Omega, the Young Bucks, Adam Page, and Kota Ibushi. Uh, we talked about this earlier, the idea of Ibushi and Claudio becoming the ROH main event off of the heels of this match. Did the Golden Elite win or is it Blackpool Combat Club out on top? It should be Golden Elite. It should be. By the way, Tony Khan says tonight is the biggest show of the year. AW Blood and Guts. So when he tries to tell you all in is the biggest show of the year, do not fall for it because tonight is the biggest show of the year. All right. Just remember what Tony Khan said on Twitter. Um, Maybe he means the biggest television show of the year. I feel like they've tried to sell that one too. They sell, hey, Tony, a king of hyperbole of like every show is the biggest show ever. Every show is the greatest card ever. Every show is pay-per-view worthy and everything. I think there's diminishing returns if you oversell everything like that. Look, AW is a great television product, great product in general, in my opinion. But like, just don't tell me every show is the best ever when next week you're going to tell me this is also the best ever. I'm not going to believe you after a certain point. Um, it, the show stands on its own, right? Nobody's looking at this and be like, yeah, you know what? This show isn't that big. Uh, everyone can tell this is a big show. You don't need to say biggest show of the year. Okay. Golden Elite should win. And I think Golden Elite should win because I always like when like the more kind of cohesive unit wins this stuff. And they are certainly the more cohesive units. Like you got Takeshka, who is maybe aligned, not aligned with Blackpool. Callus is there doing things and whatnot. And then Pac was very kind of last minute type of thing. And his reasoning for wanting to go after Kenny and the elite makes sense, but he doesn't really have ties to Blackpool in, in that way. So I like when the more, more cohesive unit wins these things. I So now looking at it is who quits for the teams 
what makes sense of who actually quits. I don't know if you can get Omega to quit. Abushi shouldn't. Hangman, I don't think. So maybe one of the Bucks, I can buy one of them, like being like, all right, you know what? Nope, done type of thing. The other side, I think this is a cop-out, but I'm not totally... I, 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 I could see it happening. Does Callus quit for the Blackpool side? Like Kenny is about to, Kenny is about to maim this man, and Callus is like, "We quit." I don't know if you can do that. Does Takeshka quit for Callus because he doesn't want to see Callus get beat up? Can you do that, or is it? Do we have somebody like Yuta quitting? Moxley ain't quitting, right? That's they ain't doing that. I don't think it's a good look if Claudio quits when he's they they still have the ROH synergy. They don't want their ROH champion being like, "I quit." Pack, I don't fully see it. Takeshka, I could maybe see it. And Yuta, Yuta, I could see it, but man, they kind of make him look like a bitch too often. And I think they should like not do that as much because you can only go to the Yuta needs to get tougher, Yuta needs to get tougher, Yuta needs to get tougher thing. Like you can only do that so much because what that basically means is like he just gets his ass beat a lot. And sooner or later, they got to get sick and tired of him getting his ass beat and losing these matches. How many times do you think Ryan Danielson can say, I'm going to have Wheeler Yuta run around the uh, the Boston Commons for <laughs> 20 times for losing the match at Blood and Guts? You're right. I don't think Yuta should drop the ball. I still think it should be I still think it should be Claudio, and I still think it should uh, set up the match at Ring of Honor because guess what they just did with Athena and Willow? Very similar deal with the Women's Championship there over at Ring of Honor. Okay, so Claudio quits, and then... But it doesn't have to be a submission. It could be a pin. Mm, no they like the i quit gimmick they don't do the pinfall they do the like this man is quitting for the team that's dumb yeah they don't do they don't do the pinfall because let's look at blood and guts history sammy quit because mjf was gonna toss him off the cage did it anyway. and then what's that did it anyway yeah did it anyway and then last year uh menard tapped out before jericho tapped out it's it's submission or like i quit only in in these blood and guts they don't do yeah they, they don't do the uh pinfall stuff which i respect i respect that so then who's got the submission on the golden elite side like who 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 has a submission move that would finish the match ah uh, the jacksons both use a sharpshooter <laughs> they do i know but like i mean like a a, a thing that's going to actually be I don't want to say believable, but like um, something that they've used to win matches frequently enough that people would be like, oh, okay. You know, who, again, Coda could use something. I don't know what to do. They all could just use some type of submission. And Coda's again, this Kimura. Is, what's that? Oh, Coda's Kimura. Kimura. This is where I wonder if Callus factors into the decision of he, Kenny's going to one wing angles with Callus. And Takeshka's like, no, 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 don't do that. Like, I quit type of thing. And then you set up a Takeshka and kind of Blackpool feud, potentially, because they ain't going to be happy that Callus has weaseled his way in here. Takeshka's quitting for them. Does this extend the Blackpool uh, elite feud? Like, how does that play out? Because this should be, see, here's the thing. This should be the ender, right? This It should be done with elite Blackpool after this but 
not totally sure they will be because you're missing two integral parts of of this feud, and that's Danielson and, and Kingston. There's still more to tell, I think, with both sides of this. So I could see this, despite being despite blood and guts seemingly should be the ender, the decider, they they actually find a way to extend a little bit. And not an immediacy extending. Maybe you branch off elsewhere, but then you circle back to this feud. Well, we'll circle back to this feud on Friday at 10 a.m. when we're back in the weeds talking about the fallout from blood and guts and a whole bunch more. Uh, Jeremy, plug the stuff. Let's get out of here. Uh, don't follow me on Twitter. Follow fight talk underscore on Twitter. I will plug we so tomorrow new episode of the spotlight. I'm back after missing last week due to travel. Tomorrow we have an interview with uh, Jeremy Padawar from uh, Jazzwares. Does the AW figures and does just you know used to do the WWE figures. Everything very fun interview. I think it's like our longest interview ever. It's over an hour long. Uh, we talked to a lot of you know Stephen Jensen big time into the figures. So Jensen had a ton of questions. Um, so really fun interview with uh, Jeremy Padawar that'll that'll interview or that'll air tomorrow as part of the spotlight otherwise eh, we got a bunch of stuff on fight for book go watch it yeah every single day we're dropping content going live you do the thing go and subscribe to us here on the channel leave a thumbs up on this video if you have not already and we appreciate when you do uh until then i am actual pearl j-o-e-l-p-e-r-l ladies gentlemen friends beyond the binary we will see you on friday at 10 a.m eastern for a new one take care